This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. When my phone rang, she found someone new. It's no surprise how life can be. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the uh, Know Your Enemy podcast. My name is Michael Beck, joined by Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, just waiting for James Rapine uh, to jump online with us. James, of course, being from the Locked On Bengals podcast. Uh, so, Jeffrey, of course, so we got into it a, a bit in the, the first part of the show, uh, talking about Ben Roethlisberger a lot. So w- why don't we flip things over to the young buck and Joe Burrow? Because I, I know you, you've watched him a, a little bit uh, this far. Uh, do you think he's going to be that guy that he was kind of a projected view when the Bengals took him first overall? Uh, of course, coming off that knee injury, I I think he's pro- he's trending that direction. Um, you're you're seeing him throw some interceptions this year, but a lot of that I think is just he's he's feeling more free to to actually test himself and to test defenses, and he's giving. You know, it's kind of the Ben Roethlisberger interceptions where he's going to give his guy a chance to make a play, and if it goes bad, he's going to shrug it off and do it again. Uh, and now he has, I mean, that receiver group, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and, and Tyler Boyd. That's a that's a good group of receivers. That's a lot of talent there. Uh, so I I think I, I think he's trending that direction. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Now, when we look at uh... Obviously, this past offseason, kind of one of the, the topics about the Bengals that I know Steelers fans were liking to uh, josh around about was the whole Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase theory. Uh, if you don't have an offensive line, how are you going to deliver the ball down the field? Have they made the right selection? Uh, yeah, I, I think you probably need a, a drink of your beverage before answering this one. But uh, what, are, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? I, I actually said it made sense from the start because when, when you get a young quarterback, one of the most valuable things is a, a guy who lets him erase mistakes and a guy he can bail the ball, just bail out to. Uh, I always give the example of Plexico Burris was that guy for rookie Ben Roethlisberger. And then the New York Giants signed him to a big deal to go be that guy for Eli Manning. And he was. And that just really boosts your ability. Like like we see people talk about with uh, Zach Wilson in, in the New York Jets, where he's He's testing himself. He's throwing balls that maybe he shouldn't, and he's finding out, you know, can I beat this coverage with this shot? I can or no, I can't. You know, he's he's finding that out. And I think we're seeing that from Joe Burrow, and a, and a big part of that is the guys he has. Awesome. Now, with that, we will uh, welcome in James Rapine from the Locked on Bengals uh, podcast. James, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, fellas. How are, we, how are you guys? 
Uh, we're doing quite well now. First, before we ask you about the Bengals, uh, I, I got to ask you about the, the Bearcats helmet behind you there. Uh, Desmond Ritter, how, how's he looking this year? I know a lot of Steelers fans got their eyes on him as a potential heir to the oh. Roethlisberger uh, throne. Well, man, you want to break a lot of people in Cincinnati's heart. If Desmond <laughs> Ritter ends up in Pittsburgh, my Lord. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this season, what, man, that would be tough. Look at you just painting this picture for uh, Bearcats and Bengals fans. Anyways, no, he looks really good. And the Bearcats are playing well. They're on a bye this week. But, uh, you know, he entered the season as a dark horse Heisman candidate. And right now, I don't think he's, you know, on that level. But uh, they're undefeated. And, you know, when they play Notre Dame next week, if he has a huge game in South Bend, then maybe he can sneak onto the, the Heisman radar. So, uh, no, I think he's playing well and, and certainly a guy that if he doesn't go first round, you know, because some people say he's a sneaky first round type guy, I think he could end up being a day two pick for sure. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and we'll get off the, the college talk quickly here, but both uh, Notre Dame and uh, the Bearcats are top 10 of the uh, top 25 right now? I believe Notre Dame might be 12th. But okay. uh, yeah, yeah, the Bearcats are eighth last I checked. And uh, ultimately, I and I obviously you see the helmet. I, I'm a Bearcat through and through. And that being said, um, you know, I don't really care about the rankings. You know, if they if they can't get past Notre Dame, then it, it doesn't really matter. So hopefully they can uh, hand Brian Kelly uh, an L uh, 10, you know, 11 years after he left the program. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> there you Long go. Memories. Um, That's right. <laughs> so to, to get into Sunday's matchup here, uh, what's kind of the general vibe kind of with uh, within Cincinnati uh, looking at the Steelers, uh, is it kind of like, oh, this is a, a team right for right for the picking now? Uh, we can uh, jump on it and kind of dethrone them as uh, as kind of that uh, AFC North kind of middling to top team. Uh, is mm-hmm. is that kind of the, the vibe, or is it still uh, we we have to get past these guys before we can declare anything? Yeah, I think this off season there was a lot of talk about you know, oh, well the Steelers they're limping into the off season and. They have offensive line issues too, and Ben Roethlisberger's old, and he can only throw it 2.5 yards. Like, you know, there's a lot of that. But for me, no, I, I think that they, the Bengals, have to prove it. And it, it's, it would be one thing, I guess, if they had went into Chicago and beat up on Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. They didn't do that. It's a game I thought they should have won uh, before it. I thought it was one of those games that prove that you're different after a big win against Minnesota in Week One, and they didn't. They, they came out flat on offense. And uh, obviously uh, really made the score look closer than it was because they, they got beat um, on both sides of the ball for most of the game, I thought, uh, overall at least, even though the defense played pretty well. So as far as the Steelers are concerned, yeah, that's, this is a, a huge game for the Bengals, more of a, a prove-it game than last week, I guess, since you know the history between the two teams. And it's going to be a crazier environment. I know I was, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh for the game, and I was looking at hotels earlier this week, and man, I mean – you're talking, you know, half a K to, uh, to, to stay in Pittsburgh. I had to, to find d- different lodging. I'm not staying in a hotel. So I, I think uh, Steelers fans will be up there, be packed, and it should be a pretty fun environment. Well, hopefully it's not a rental car. <laughs> oh, no. no, I'm not staying in a rental car. A little Airbnb apartment action. It was just uh, it's better. I don't need two bedrooms, right? My wife and I only need the one. But, uh, you know, we uh, – We'll be good. We'll have the, the other room for, you know, whatever, to watch TV or whatever. Perfect. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeffrey. Yeah, with with the Bengals, we're talking about, you know, the Bengals trying kind of arriving on the scene here again. Mm-hmm. Um, where, How much faith do you have in Zach Taylor? I know he took over 
when when Marvin Lewis was kind of in one of his down stretches. Uh, but he mm-hmm. he has not had really a good season at all. Uh, what have you seen in him? And, and what do you think of, of Zach Taylor so far as a head coach? Yeah, I mean, 7-26-1 and one is what I see. And, and you know, that wh- whether it's fair or not, and, you know, I know there's some reasons behind that yeah. and not just excuses. There are reasons why he struggled some. It was an older roster that he inherited. But the bottom line is, is when you win seven games in, in two years and two games, that's what you get. And, you know, I, I think some Bengals fans, I, as of now, I'm leaning Pittsburgh this week, and some Bengals fans might get on me for that. But, look – Zach Taylor's one fifteen and one on the road. Like that's insane. And that's what we're talking about on the road. So you expect me to pick against Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season. Uh, the Steelers who haven't lost at home to the Bengals since 2015. Oh, and by the way, you just lost to Andy Dalton, Justin Fields and the bears on the road last week. So, you, you know, th- there's a lot that the Bengals have to prove. And, and it does. It starts with Zach Taylor because I think they have it right at quarterback. I think they have some really, really good weapons. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, maybe we'll see, right? He's dinged up right now. But uh, Tyler Boyd, certainly. I I can't believe I'm on a Pittsburgh podcast and I waited that long. Boyd, I think, is the best (laughs) of the receivers, to be honest with you, at this stage of his career. And uh, and so, yeah, I think think that they, especially offensively, like it's one thing if the Bengals were, you know, lost last week and put up 30. They had three points with five minutes to go in the game. That can't happen on Sunday. I mean, they they better be much closer to that 30 number than that that three number that they were when we're going down the stretch in the fourth quarter on Heinz Field on Sunday. Wow, yeah. sounds sounds like things we're saying about the Steelers right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, offense up there isn't hasn't looked much better, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, could could be a low scoring affair, I I assume <laughs> on Sunday, but uh, hopefully a little bit more entertaining. Maybe a Pirates Reds type score, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one nothing. That's my prediction. One nothing. Right. A root for playing Canadian football. We'll, we'll we'll get that one point in. But uh <laughs> anywho, um so Kind of one of the things that kind of dominated around the draft talk, of course, uh, with the Bengals was whether or not they take Joe Burrow's buddy and Jamar Chase or they take mm-hmm. the big time O tackle out of Oregon and Penay Sewell. Of course, they take Chase. How mm-hmm. has that kind of worked out so far? Has the O line been able to stick together? Of course, I believe what Jackson Carmen out of uh, Clemson uh, was the tackle they went with in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, so they ended up getting uh, their. Uh, their offense line, but has it worked out uh, the right way or is, is Jamar Chase uh, doing enough to kind of uh, prove that uh, they, they made the right pick? I think so. You know, and unfortunately Burrow's taken a ton of hits over the first two weeks. So it's easy to point to the offensive line, but you know, some of those hits aren't offensive line based. Joe Mixon missed a couple of blocks that got Joe just pummeled and crushed. Uh, a receiver didn't stop for a screen. So there, there have been protection issues not necessarily just offensive line issues. And the tackles have been good in Jonah Williams and Riley Reef. So uh, I think that that's part of it too. When you you talk about it, like Jackson Carmen, for example, he was a tackle at Clemson. And part of the reason he didn't start the year is because he's trying to get used to life at right guard, which if they had taken Penny Sewell, that might've been his destination. And I said that before the draft, that he might end up playing guard if they draft him fifth overall as a rookie. And uh, I, people laughed at me, but I think that's what would have happened. And ultimately, they thought Jamar uh, was the better pick. And so far, it, it looks like, like that. Now, he had some drop issues in preseason and in training camp and, and rookie mini camp. And I wrote about it and covered it. And uh, then the, the lights came on. Games mattered. 
And the dude's been balling out. He set a rookie record uh, for the most receiving yards in a debut, 101 yards, five receptions and a touchdown against the Vikings. And then he was open a ton uh, on Sunday, last Sunday against the Bears. And, um, you know, for one reason or another, he only had two receptions, wasn't targeted a lot, but um, had a 42-yard touchdown. So back-to-back games with a touchdown. And, and I think he's he's going to be the number one receiver on this team. I mean, he's 21 years old. He, he's putting up those numbers. And he hadn't played a game up until week one, a game that mattered since January, I believe it was 13th. 2020 against Clemson that national championship game. So I think Jamar is going to be a, you know, a damn good receiver and he's an instant threat. And I don't think the Bengals regret that at all where I was critical of them. Cause I, I like the idea of bringing in a, a young receiver like that, that can grow with Joe Burrow alongside Higgins and Boyd. They probably should have spent more money on the offensive line and free agency. Cause Joe Burrow has been sacked nine times. He's been hit 16 times in two games. That's insane. Like nine sacks. That's the second most in the league. And we all knew that they needed to address it. And and right now they have not done a good enough job to protect him. And maybe part of that is on Joe, right? He's not as mobile as he was pre-ACL as he comes back from that injury. But I I think there's, you know, a lot to to point at when it comes to that offensive line. And they need to uh, button it up, uh, all these protection issues, if they're going to get out of Heinz Field with a win on Sunday. Talking about Jamar Chase. Now, the, the Bengals have had some serious receiver talent in the last 20 years, with especially with, like, Chad Johnson mm-hmm. uh, and A.J. Green. Um, do you think Jamar Chase is is going to be at their level? And if, you know, is it going to be a few years? Or do you think he's has a chance to be that kind of player this year? I think he can be what A.J. Green was as a rookie and then some now. Uh, and, and not that AJ, not that he's better than AJ was as a rookie, but like numbers wise, because of the opportunities, because of the quarterback he has, because of the offense and the way the game is like AJ as a rookie was probably more ready for the NFL uh, just because he had been seasoned at Georgia. He wasn't coming off of a, a year plus layoff and uh, in, in everything that goes in with that. That being said, Jamar is different than Green, but it just seems like when the, the lights come on, he's ready to go. You know, and it's, uh, you know, we'll see this week. He's going to go for a Bengals record. Right? So he's tied with Green. The only two receivers in Bengals history to have touchdown catches in their first two games are Green and Jamar Chase. And so if Chase can get a, a third straight, he'll uh, snap Green's record. So, no, I, I think expectations are that high. And, uh, and I, I think that he can top, you know, the thousand yard mark, so to speak, especially with the 17th game. But, uh, you know, will he will that production lead to wins? You certainly hope so. And, and that's something that we need to see, because as good as Chad Johnson was and he was my you know favorite Bengal player, maybe my favorite Bengal player ever. And he just brought so much excitement to the city. I don't remember him dominating Pittsburgh much. I remember TJ Hushmanzada more than Chad because I think they doubled him. And, and, you know, we'll see, you know, if that happens or if Chad or if uh, Chase rather can be more effective in a, a rivalry type game like this one. Now, talking about uh, players specifically in this matchup, I, I think mm-hmm. someone uh, Steeler fans definitely miss a, a whole heck of a lot is uh, Mike Hilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, can uh, can you break down what he's uh, kind of meant to the Bengals uh, so far and uh, whether or not you think he might have a big game uh, against his former team? Yeah, he's meant a ton. Instant impact right away in the secondary, in that defensive backs room and and with the safeties. One thing that he did, and he said he stole it from Joe Hayden, 
is he had a loaf jar and he created this loaf system where, you know, if you're caught loafing early in camp during practices, you got to put money in the jar. And at the end, uh, you know, it was a way to hold everybody accountable. And at the end, no one was putting money in the jar because they were tired of putting money in the jar. And uh, he said he stole that from Joe Hayden in Pittsburgh. And it was kind of cool that, that he brought that over. And they all went out to eat afterwards. And that's been one of the more surprising units, I think, is the secondary. It, it, for all the new faces that they've brought in, and, and Trey Wayne still hasn't played a game, but Mike Hilton has certainly been a reliable nickel corner adding pressure, you know, you guys know firsthand how he is as a blitzer, definitely a quality tackler. And then Shinobe Awuzie, who they added, uh, it's been a nice one-two combo. So we'll see if Trey Waynes can go this week. I don't think so. I think it's going to be another week. Uh, but when he comes back, I think the Bengals could have a, an above-average secondary, and Mike Hilton's a huge part of that from a leadership standpoint and obviously on the field guarding uh, opposing slot corners. Yeah, Mike Hilton, you mentioned Mike Hilton and Shinobe uh, Awuzie. I uh, mm-hmm. you, you, the Bengals retooled their defense a mm-hmm. lot. Like, like I was looking through the roster. I was like, wait, that guy's a Bengal. Wait, like, this, wait, these people are Bengals. Uh, yeah. how has this drastically different defense personnel wise looked? And is it still the same defensive scheme we've seen or, or, or should we be looking for a different style of defense too? No, it's, you know, it's that three, four style that you've seen. I just think that the pieces fit better. And to answer uh, kind of that first part of your question, I think they've exceeded expectations. They really have. And you're right. They've invested a ton of money on defense, so much so that people like me, I think, have questioned why they haven't invested more in the, the offensive line with their their resources. At That being said, this defensive line looks much improved, specifically the interior of this defensive line. DJ Reader has been a beast, and he only played five games last year due to a quad injury. And he looks just as good as he's ever looked, uh, to be quite honest, the first couple games of the year. And he looked really good in limited reps in the preseason. But then they went out and they got Larry Ogunjobi from the Browns. You know, they, they went out uh, and got multiple different uh, proven defensive tackles, traded for B.J. Hill uh, from the Giants. And he had two sacks in week one. Uh, so, yeah, I think that the interior of this defensive line is is where they're going to try to make their hay, not only pressuring opposing quarterbacks, obviously, slowing down a guy like Najee Harris on Sunday. And for two weeks at least, uh, the retooling of this defense has has paid off, and they look uh, like they're going to be much improved from what we've seen over the past couple of years. Now, speaking of that defense, they could have a pretty big game uh, getting after Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, he's calling a spade a spade. The Steelers' offensive line has struggled, to say the least, through two weeks this far. Uh, do you kind of anticipate that uh, Ben Roths- Roethlisberger could be in for another beating uh, against uh, this Bengals front? I, I think that's certainly the plan for the Bengals, right? And um, yeah, it, it's to me, it's going to be much easier said than done because we just we've seen it for a decade and a half now of of Ben, you know, being hurt, being dinged up, and then he's going to go out and throw for four touchdowns, right? And that's you know that's what happens Classic against ben. the Bengals. Yeah. Th- that being said. Totally. Like, I think they can get after him. I mean, DJ Reader had a sack last week. Larry Ogunjobi was extremely disruptive, had multiple pressures uh, and disrupted the, the uh, who were they handing it off to? I'm, I forget what running back he took down uh, last week. Um, either way, it was in the back. I believe it was the Montgomery kid, but it might have been uh, the backup there. Either way. Totally. And then uh, Larry Ogunjobi, or no, no. And then BJ Hill, like I mentioned, had two sacks week one. Ogunjobi had a sack week one. So, 
the up the middle pressure, certainly. And then another guy to keep an eye on off the edge, Trey Hendrickson, that they paid him big money this offseason. He had nearly had multiple strip sacks over the past couple of weeks, and it's just been this close. And, uh, no, he's played well. He's gotten some pressure off the edge, and they're banking on him to do that. And, uh, you know, we'll see if they have enough, enough juice on the edge. If there's one question mark when it comes to this defense, uh, specifically the pass rush, it's that because they lost Joseph Osai, the third round pick in, um, out of Texas. They lost him in the preseason, and he was kind of going to help replace Carl Lawson a bit while you have Trey Hendrickson and you have Sam Hubbard and you have these guys off the edge. And now he's not there. And so without him, uh, I think it was already kind of shallow and questionable as it is. Now they're really banking on Hendrickson to have an impact. Steelers fans saw in week two, uh, TJ Watt started the game hot. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Raiders offense was struggling. And then when he went out, all of a sudden, Derek Carr was able to step up in the pocket, throw down field, and and our defense started struggling. If TJ Watt plays against the Bengals, who, who is he facing and and how much of a problem do you think do you think the Bengals will have dealing with him? Well, do you think they are are they going to move him around both sides, or are they going to move him on the left and right side? He's primarily he's primarily uh, on the left, facing the right tackle. Gotcha. So then, it, yeah, it'll be Riley Reef. I, I just didn't know, especially yeah. with the groin, if they would move him at all. So yeah, I mean, he'll be dealing with Riley Reef, and Reef saw Khalil Mack in one on one situations last week, handled himself pretty well. And, and so, yeah, I think initially, based on what I've seen, and they haven't faced someone like TJ Watt, I think Watt is on another level, even than maybe Mac right now, um, depending on the groin, of course. But th- that being said, we've seen Reef on an island against opposing pass rushers. The same thing with Jonah Williams, the left tackle. So they'll probably try it there and then maybe give Reef some help on, on certain downs, certain packages and formations, depending on the situation. Um, that being said, they better be prepared if, if Watt is wrecking the game like he did early against Vegas last week. All right, we got to abandon this because there's no way Bengals fans or the Bengals or anybody wants to see TJ Watt all up in Joe Burrow's grill, you know, starting from, from the, the first kickoff. I know people in Pittsburgh do and Steelers fans across the country, but man, that, that is, that's what you, that's what nightmares are made of in Cincinnati. So yeah, they got to have a backup plan. Cause I, I don't know about you guys. I think Watt's going to play. The fact that he was limited today, I think, yeah. goes really well for his chances yep. of, of being out there. And if he's out there, whew, that's uh, that's scary because he's he's just one play away from, you know, strip sack, fumble, returning it for a touchdown. You know, the Bengals know all about T.J. Watt, and it's uh, it, it hasn't been fun for them facing him. I'm just thinking about Riley Reef going back to back on Khalil Mack and then TJ Watt. That's uh, a murderous yeah. road. Who do you, who does he have the week after? I'm hoping a, a lesser matchup. Yeah, well, it's Jacksonville, so yeah. Okay, four, okay. Day, four days later, <laughs> he gets a rest. He gets a rest. Take that one off. I mean, uh, what Kalevon Chason? I guess you know Joe Burrow's former yeah. teammate from LSU. I, I don't know who else. I would have to study. There's been so much uh, he's, turnover he's in Jacksonville. Off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, speaking of Joe, Joe Burrow, though, how, how's his knee holding up uh, so far? Has he been limited at all, or is he uh, back to his regular self? Uh, I wouldn't say limited, no. Um, but is he making, you know, is he the same playmaker that he was a year ago at this time? I also would say no. And I think part of it is he just needs game reps. And I asked him that today. And he was like, yeah, I just need more game reps to to feel more comfortable making those plays. And, and to me, it's not even comfort, like him thinking like, oh, I'm not comfortable. 
it's instinct. Mm. And sometimes it takes reps. That's why I would have played him in the preseason. Though Honestly, I would have played him multiple series in that final preseason game. I might have played him, you know, the week prior of the preseason opener for a series or two. Just so now when things are going, you're not going through this process as much. And, and it is always a process. But, you know, you can't go back on that. So, you know, ready or not, you know, try to dodge TJ Watt. You know, that's it's just tough. So it, it's going to be one of those things where hopefully the Bengals have a, a game plan for their sake and for Burrow's sake where he can get into a rhythm early because that's going to be such a key, I think, especially on the road in Pittsburgh, team coming off of a loss. That crowd is going to be hungry. And, uh, you, you know, they're, they're going to want to see a win and they're going to want to see Burrow uh, on the ground more than he's on his two feet. So uh, that can snowball. We saw it last year. It was probably Burrow's worst game. Certainly his second worst game. It was against the Steelers. He doesn't look like that normally. Even, the, you know, these past couple of weeks when they're one-on-one, he hasn't struggled like that much. So we'll see if uh, if he can kind of redeem himself from the struggles that he had last year at Heinz Field. Ready or not, get ready for TJ. Did you, did you pull that out of a newspaper? I'm hoping. No, like, man. I, I just made it up on that. the fly. You you guys can print the the T-shirts, though. That's pretty good. I might have to trademark it. So some royalties and, uh, going back you, your You're going to see me on Sunday morning. I have a press credential right here, and I'm going to have a vendor's license with a bunch of shirts and uh you know it'll be kind of funny huh? that's just good business that's just that's good right. business ready or not uh, <laughs> oh, jeffrey go man. ahead all right uh where would you rank joe burrow right now uh against the other afc north quarterbacks uh and where do you think he'll end up in the end of the season do you think it'll change at all by the end of this year all right, I'll, I'll rank him. Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback in the division. Everyone's going to get mad at me, but he is. Um, I'll, he's the I'll biggest threat. Um, two. Man, it's tough. Two. God, you guys are going to really crush me because you okay. know where Ben is. You can no, it's it. okay. I've been four. <laughs> I, I think I would take Joe Burrow right now, over yeah. Baker Mayfield. But right now, Baker Mayfield's playing better than Joe Burrow. And, and he did last year because he's not coming off of a knee. So I, yeah. I'd probably put Baker to – Burrow three, but if I'm drafting them, I'm taking Burrow over Baker, if that makes sense. And then I put Ben four and look, it's a really good division. And I think all of them are capable and Ben could outplay Joe on Sunday. And I would not be shocked at all, but you know, if I had to rank them, I'd probably go Lamar Baker Burrow Ben. Yeah, t- totally fair on that. I, I I think that's probably how most people would see it too. Um, especially if you're drafting, I, I don't think anyone's taking the going on 39 year old QB uh, <laughs> unless he already is thir- 39. But um, what do you kind of foresee for the Bengals uh, to take kind of advantage uh, of the Steelers' defense? Where will, will they kind of try to move the ball? Well, I, they certainly need to. Assuming they can keep Burrow clean, I, I think they they know they need to put. Uh, the ball in his hands and try to push the ball down the field a bit more. Last week against Chicago, the, the Chicago secondary, the Bears were just sitting on every route and the Bengals went empty and they were going trying to do the quick game and it just did not work. And, and that's why Burrow had those two quick picks and he had a third, but it wasn't his fault. He got his arm got hit and the ball popped up in there. It was more a fumble than an interception. Um, but, but yeah, those two picks, they were just sitting on the routes. And so to me, uh, I, I would, totally try to get the ball down the field. Now it's easier said than done when you got a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick roaming around and he, you know, he's such a playmaker and he's good at disguising things, but get the ball to your playmakers. And this is where it goes back to Zach Taylor. And you guys asked me about him what 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, he's an offensive mind. 
And if Sean McVay were coaching the Bengals, would anyone question his ability to get the ball to Jamar Chase or Joe Burrow and or, or Joe Mixon, excuse me, in space? Like Jamar Chase in space, it rhymes again, right? Ready or not, TJ Watt. Like that that would happen all the time. And and that's something that Zach should be able to do if he's this creative, innovative offensive mind that the Bengals hired him because of, right? And, and even if he's going up against the defensive coach like Mike Tomlin and the Steelers defense with Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt, it, it doesn't matter. You, you got to find ways to make plays. That's why you drafted Jamar Chase. And, and so I want to see that. I want to see these guys in space, get Mixon uh, in a spot where he's going to have a couple steps on a defender or on a linebacker, you know, if he's going up, um, you know, against whoever, to be honest with you. And that that's going to be the key and Boyd's another one, right? But can they get these playmakers in space? And if so, then they should be able to put up points because they're extremely talented in this 17 points. And, and even the week one against Minnesota, 27 points. It, it was, that's basically five quarters of football. And, and I, I expect more out of this offense and I think they expect more and it's, it's not going to be easy on Sunday, but that, that's got to be the key is, is to score and, and try to get close to that 30 point mark. Jeffrey, did you have anything else? Yeah, I got one last question. Uh, I got to ask you from from the Bengals side, is this a rivalry game or was it just, you know, we had two teams that were that were constantly butting heads and those teams were rivals? Or do you think this is, is, is this rivalry survived the changing of teams or is this not even really a rivalry anymore? Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's a rivalry to a degree, um, but like I, I don't think that there's – the hatred that was there for some of them, like, you know, Bengals fans got up, cracked up about, you know, Von Bell cracking Juju. Right. And, and that, you know, that's something that comes out. So I think there's certainly hate there, but it's not like, Oh my gosh, Heinz Ward's on the other side, or I can't believe <laughs> that Vontez perfect is playing in this game or, you know, and we can go on and on and on. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's there, but is it still a rivalry? I, I do. I, I think it's a rivalry and, and part of it, it, honestly, now is the other two teams in this division at, on paper are better than you. And yeah. they are, you know, they're more talented. The Ravens and the Browns are more talented than the Steelers and the Bengals on paper. So that's part of why it needs to be a rivalry game because both teams need this win as they try to uh, hold serve in the AFC North and keep up the pace. Awesome. Now, before we let you go, uh, two quick uh, final questions for you, James. Uh, firstly, with the amount of rhymes tonight, I, I got to ask, were you a poetry major or is this purely coincidence? Coincidence, coincidence, <laughs> coincidence. The, I will admit, though, the, the chase in space I've said before and, and it, you know, I maybe I really will, you know, get those shirts rolling. I don't know if my shirt guy's going to be able to get the ready or not. Here comes TJ Watt, you know, or, and maybe that is already trademarked. Does no one in Houston has no one done that for JJ oh, Watt ready or not JJ Watt? Like you should still have that. So uh, no, no poetry major, but you know, maybe I'll start writing a little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing for you too. Uh, I know you mentioned your pick in the Steelers. Uh, did, did you have a final score prediction in mind? Uh, not really. Not really. I mean, I, I've, I've thought about the game, obviously the past couple of days uh, and that's where I'm leaning today. You know, maybe it'll change. Maybe these injuries will change things, but if I had to make one right now, who I, I think it's going to be like, 24 17 like i think it'll be a one score game maybe 24 20 23 20 like in that range where it's a one score game uh you know the Bengals are in it but you know it, it's just it, it's one of those weird afc north games where 
most people know that what's going to happen. And, you know, maybe Burrow has the ball late and TJ Watt comes around the corner and, and gets the, you know, the sack or the strip fumble or something like that. But, you, you know, that's the way I'm leaning because until Zach Taylor proves he can go on the road and win and go on the road and beat a guy like Mike Tomlin, then, then why would I, I buy that he can do that? And, and that's kind of where I fall back to because I think the teams from a talent standpoint are pretty close when you compare them. Awesome. Now, last thing before we let you out of here, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll be in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, this weekend covering the game for allbengals.com. So I'll have a ton there, uh, you know, and, and it's not just Bengals that will be covering it, you know, all Steelers too, because, uh, you know, obviously it's a huge game and it's a rivalry game. And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a good one. I don't want to go to Pittsburgh. It's only a four hour drive. I don't want to go there and see a blowout. I want to see a good game where I'm entertained. And, uh, and then when I go do that post game stand up, I can, you know, have some excitement and not, it was 56 to three today. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. And, you know, I don't want that. So hopefully it's a close game. <laughs> totally understood. Uh, James Rapine, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you're free to go as uh, Jeffrey and I sign out. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much again. It was uh, greatly appreciated. Of course, guys, I appreciate you having me. No, yeah, our thanks, pleasure sir. as always. Um, Jeffrey, I guess I'll turn it over to you as well. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we say goodbye to the people? I, w- I want to plug, like, I just want to say, Ready or not, TJ Watt is a great – that's going to be a shirt on the south side. You just got to get him doing his kick celebration, like the outline of that, kicking a door in. Mm. Just be like, ready or not, TJ Watt, boom, kick the door in. Maybe that's what it'll be, be a great, That's got to be a T-shirt on the south side already. Or, uh, or, I'm sorry, in the strip I'm, district. There's got to be a T-shirt in the strip district already right now. Someone's already making it right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to – I've got a film room couple things coming out. My podcast on Tuesday was all about, uh, it's called The Cutting Room Floor. That covered a lot. If you want to hear my thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger and that situation, a little more expounded. Uh, that came out on Tuesday. It's an audio-only podcast. Uh, if you want to see my thoughts on the offensive line, I just submitted a film room today. I, it's probably going to go tomorrow or Friday, one of the two, on the offensive line in the run game and what's going on there. And uh, Dave and I... Dave Schofield and I just did a vertex on the difference on our defense between when TJ Watt was in and when TJ Watt was out of the game. Incredible difference. Uh, so, so check all of that out. Beautiful. Thank you for that, Jeffrey. Um, I also want to remind uh, the people of the uh, offensive line article that I had run today, about 1,100 words. If anything, you'll learn a little bit about offensive line play. If it's confusing, uh, you can always shoot me a, a message on Twitter or whatnot, uh, at MichaelBeck56. You can follow Jeffrey as well, at FantaSkippy. Uh, that's a PH Fanta. Uh, you can find him there. Um before we sign out, uh, I guess uh, we should also remind you to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And finally, make sure uh, if you're only listening to these shows on YouTube or Facebook, you're only getting about a quarter of the podcasts we're putting out. There are 25 original titles now on our uh, our audio platforms Seriously, there is a ton of great uh, Pittsburgh Steelers content available to you from a variety of of hosts, including Jeffrey Benedict, myself, Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, the boys from Australia. You name it, there is a ton of content. And uh, shout out Brian Anthony Davis for producing all of it. So uh, thank you once again for tuning in to uh, Know Your Enemy tonight. For my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in. When my phone.